Brilliant. Who would know face masks could cause so much trouble? I thought, I thought I'd be really good and put my face mask on over the microphone and then didn't realise the whole thing will, um, anyway, connect together forever. Um, so, brilliant. Great, so good to be with you. Um, it's so good that you are here. Um, if you're in person um, or if you're online, it's brilliant having you tuning in as well. We're going to continue our preach series, um, Following Jesus, and we're going to be uh, looking at the whole subject of being rooted into Jesus. But before I do that, I want to ask a question. I want to ask you a question for you to think about. Where is it that you drink? Now, I'm not asking what local you go to, but, but what is it that you drink? Where, where do you soak yourself, as it were? What is it that you spend your time doing? What is it that you look at on social media? What podcasts do you listen to? What YouTube channels um, have, uh, do you watch regularly? What songs do you love? What radio programs do you fill your mind with maybe before work? Uh, what about TV programs or the books that you read? What friendships do you have? What are the playlists in your mind that are on repeat, 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 even ones that you would rather weren't there? What is it that you really love? What is it that you really love? Because, because actually what you love is what you become. This morning we're going to be looking at the whole subject of where we are rooted in. We're going to be looking at the subject of where do we draw our life from, our source of life. And it's so important that we spend time thinking about these things because what we soak ourselves in, what we're rooted into, affects what we become. It affects how we live life. So today we're going to be looking at um, John chapter 15. We're going to spend time, actually we're going to look at it this week and we're also going to be looking at it um, next week as well. It's a parable that Jesus told. He uses an everyday illustration in order to teach a kingdom um, principle. So I want you to imagine that over the last few days you've been with Jesus and you've been walking through uh, the different countryside around Jerusalem and part of it you've been walking through vineyards full of grapes, full of vineyards, full of vines, full of grapes. Could we put that um, slide up that just uh, shows, that, shows that picture? You'll have been seeing something, no doubt, like that. I mean, I, I don't know if there is another plant that is so laden with fruit as, as a vine would be. I, it's, it's pro, to be honest, it's very much like my garden. I'm, I mean, I've got that green of fingers, to be honest. But, but just imagine that's what you've been seeing everywhere. And I'm just going to read John chapter 15 now, but we're going to leave this up. So as I'm reading it, I would love you just to think about the words that I'm saying while looking at that picture. So this is what Jesus said to his 12 disciples. This is what he says to us as a community of people. He says this, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so it would be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. 
If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As my Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. So we're going to have a look at the first eight verses um, of this passage, and then next week we're going to pick up the remaining verses. And I'm going to do it by looking at just four simple things. They're, they're, they're very obvious, they're very clear. You'd have probably picked them up for yourself. But I'm really hoping, I've been really praying, that as we look at these things that are familiar to us, um, they will have a lasting impact on our lives. The first thing is this, Jesus is the only true vine. I mean, this is a massive statement. Jesus is the only true life giver. He's the only place where you can truly find life and find it to the full. When Jesus said these words to the disciples, the disciples would have said, no, 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 you can't be the vine because Israel is the vine. In the Old Testament, it says that Israel is God's vine, and there's various psalms and different passages where God talks about Israel in that way. But Jesus comes, and he stands among his disciples, and he says, I am the true vine. I am the true life giver. This is a massive claim about himself. It, it reminds me of something he said earlier um, in John, where he says this, I am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the Father except through me. And I've said many times before, Jesus wasn't pointing to a way. He says, I am the way. I am the truth. I'm not a truth. I am the only true truth, if such a thing exists. I'm the only true truth. I am the life. And if you want life and you want it to the full and you want to encounter God, the only way, the only place you can find it is in a living relationship with Jesus Christ. He is very, very clear. He is extremely exclusive. He doesn't leave room for any doubt at all. Only, only Jesus. He is the source of fruitfulness, of life. Yes, he was a great teacher. Yes, he was an amazing example. But he was more than that. Life in himself. And then he goes on and he says this. He says that you are the branches. Disciples, followers of Jesus are the branches. You have been linked into the vine. Jesus is the stem of the vine. You are the branches grafted in. Jesus says, just as the same way as a branch in the vine is attached to the stem, so as a Christian, you are attached to Jesus in a vital, life-giving way. When Jesus is talking to a religious leader called Nicodemus in John chapter 3, 
He says this, this is a remarkable statement. Now, if you've been a Christian for a while, you might think, oh, I know this. But, but just pause for a moment. He says, this is what Jesus says. Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. You've got to be born again. And, 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 and Nicodemus, his mind is blown by that, this religious leader. He says, how can I, an old man, be born again? How can I go back into my mother's womb and be born again? He got the radical nature of it. To be a Christian isn't to attend church. It's not just to read your Bible and do those things. No, you need to be grafted. You need to be joined into Jesus. Like a page is in a book. And wherever the book goes, whatever happens to the book, that happens with the page. So we are included, we are grafted, we are joined into Jesus. And what happened to Jesus happened to us. And if that happened, hasn't happened for you, then you're not a Christian. If you're not born again, you're not a Christian. You're outside of Christ. Whatever you may do on the external... Elsewhere in the Bible, it talks about this as human beings. It says that we are born dead. Ephesians 2 verse 1. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. So if you don't get joined to a life-giving source, you remain in the, in the position you were before, which is dead. You, you need to be joined into Jesus. Now, you're physically alive but spiritually, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot know Jesus unless he brings his life-giving um, uh, input into you. Elsewhere in the New Testament, it talks about being in Christ. It talks about that 70 times. I mean, this, this is a massive part of what it talks about as teaching in the New Testament. Ephesians 1 verse 3, another bit of the Bible. We, we like the Bible here, so we, we refer to it a lot. It talks about this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in, in Christ. So every spiritual blessing that we see in Ephesians chapter 1, they can only be ours because why? As a branch, we have been grafted into the vine. We have been joined into Jesus. So forgiveness, adoption, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promise of um, eternal life and, and a life after this age, the assurance of salvation, all possible because we are in Christ. Only because I'm hidden in him. Only because you're hidden in him. It's not only special Christians that that's true for. Every single one of you. That moment where you made that decision and you said, I'm following you, Jesus. The Holy Spirit came inside of you. You were born again. The life of God came into you. You may have realized it. You may not have realized it. But if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You have been joined to Jesus. I am totally reliant on Jesus for life and fruitfulness. And this is what this passage says, the same is true for you. You are totally reliant on Jesus for life and fruitfulness. An old theologian says this, he says, in themselves believers have no life, no strength, no spiritual power. You can do nothing but joined to Jesus you do have. So we've seen Jesus is the vine, we are the branches. We find that Father God, he is the gardener. 
You know, he decided when and where Jesus should come. Born in Bethlehem to Mary and Joseph. He's in charge of this big plan of salvation. But he's also in charge of our lives as well. You as an individual, our Father in heaven, he's in charge of your life as well. I mean, verse 2, I mean, this is really provoking. Um, we, we We must hear this. It says this in verse 2. He cuts off every branch that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it would be even more fruitful. We see two things going on here. The first, the first one is this. And I want, I want to say it clearly but gently. Not, not everyone who looks Christian is. That's what it's saying here. Not everyone who appears to be joined to Jesus is joined to Jesus. I wonder if Jesus had Judas in mind at this point. Judas had just agreed to betray him. And there's a danger that we could look leafy and green, like that vine we saw, but if we're not bearing fruit, we're not joined to Jesus. And there's a danger we can have all the outward signs. Maybe we attend church, maybe, maybe we even raise our hands in the worship, or we serve on a serving team. We maybe we take bread and wine. But there's no work of grace in our hearts. There's no faith. There's no inner work of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm I'm, I'm saying these things not to make you scared, but I'm saying these things that it's right that we check ourselves. When we were born again, I got a new heart. And with it came new desires. Now, they might only be seedlings of desires, but there's something there. There's something there. So that's the first thing. We need to check, actually, are we saved? An outward form doesn't get you to heaven. You need to be vitally linked to Jesus. Second thing that we need to notice is, even if you are joined to Jesus, you're going to be pruned. (laughs) You're going to get cut back by who? God the Father, the gardener. Vines that produce grapes, clusters of big, fat, juicy grapes, get pruned back once the harvest has come. Why? So they'd be even more fruitful in the future. that's, That's what this passage says. The vine is there for grapes, and as Christians, we're designed to bear fruit. And one of the chief ways we become more fruitful is we get pruned, we get cut back. And a frequent way that our Father in heaven uses for us to be pruned, to be cut back, is in the trials and the difficulties that we face on a day-by-day basis. I'm not saying that God sends every trial or difficulty that we face. I think some he does. But the Bible does say that God uses them. He cuts off fruitless growth in order to make us more fruitful. By trial, he weans us from the world, he he, he separates us from the world, he draws us to Christ, 
He drives us to the Bible and prayer, shows us our own hearts, and He makes us humble. And it hurts at times. Think for a moment, I don't know if there is another plant in the garden, as it were, that gets pruned as strongly as a vine does. It gets cut right back. And sometimes I know in our lives we can feel a little bit like, God, I can't handle any more. I don't want any more. It hurts too much. But one thing that brings us strength and help in those times is we know who's the gardener? Our Father, and He loves us, and He is for us. And then lastly, I notice we need to be drawing life from the vine. There's a word that appears 11 times in these eight verses. It talks about abiding, remaining, continuing in Jesus. There is an ongoing sense that I have been grafted into Jesus. I have been set apart to bear fruit for his glory. What a privilege, what a wonder. But I've got a part to play. I need to remain. I need to keep drawing that life-giving work into my life. What would the 11, of, 11 disciples been thinking about when they heard Jesus say that? They'd been around him for three years, day by day in interaction. And Jesus says, look, I'm the vine, you're the branches, remain in me. What would their expectation have been? It would have definitely been a day by day abiding with Jesus. That's what they'd had. And then in chapter 14, the, first, the, the chapter before, it talks about the coming of the Spirit. Another just like Jesus. And he says, it's good I'm going because the Holy Spirit's going to come. Saints, we've got another like Jesus that we can draw on on a day-by-day basis, just the same. Just what the disciples experienced day-by-day walking around the streets of Judea or, or, or the villages of Judea. We can experience something of that in 1066 country of the Holy Spirit at work in us. Alive, a vibrant relationship. Remaining, continuing, abiding in Jesus. In Galatians 5, it says the same thing, but it says it's slightly different. It says, so I say, live by the Spirit. It says a little bit later in chapter 5, be led by the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The New Testament says the same things in different ways, in in different letters, in different books of the Bible. So in this one, it's talking about being grafted into a vine. It's a picture, an illustration. We can say, oh yeah, why? That, That I bear loads of fruit for the glory of God. In Galatians, it talks about keeping in step. Imagine when you don't know where you're going, but you're following someone. You're really interested. I want to know where are they stepping in order that I can stay in step with them. That's how we're told to walk out of Christian life with the Holy Spirit. As Christians, you, you've been joined wonderfully. We've been wonderfully joined to Jesus. And we've been designed to bear fruit. Can I ask you, where are you drinking? Are you drinking from Jesus? Or do you drink more from your social media? Do you drink more from the TV programs that you're watching? What, what shapes you more? 
Jesus died, rose again, that we might have new life in him, that we might draw from him. It says this in John 15, verse 8, just as I close. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. God has set you up to bear fruit. I really would love you to hear this. I think for many of us, we we don't think that's the case. But you've been set up to bear fruit. Everything's been set up that you can bear fruit for him. Even, Even in the difficulty of lockdown, even through the trials of the last 12 months where you really know maybe you've been cut back quite a bit and there isn't as much fruit on the vine as you would like. Your father, the gardener, knows exactly what he's doing. You have been set up, you've been designed to be fruitful. You've been designed to be fruitful. You are part of the vine. You have been grafted in, joined into Jesus. The Holy Spirit that was at work in Jesus' ministry is at work in you. Amen? Amen? He is. As we bear fruit, we glorify God. And it confirms that I am a follower of Jesus. Why don't we just stand where we are? I haven't been able to do this for a year, I don't think. And if you're at home, I don't know if you're going to stand or not, but I invite you to stand. If you feel comfortable to, but you don't have to, why don't you just raise your hands? Lord Jesus, I thank you that we have been joined into a fruitful vine. Thank you, Jesus, I, we have been joined into you. If we are Christians, we are joined into you. And I thank you even if we are going through a season of pruning and difficulty and we look and we think, I can't see much fruit. I thank you even in those times we can rejoice knowing that you, that, that you, Father, will turn it around for fruitfulness in our lives. I just want to stand against lies of the enemy right now that says I cannot be fruitful. That I cannot be prosperous. That I cannot make a difference. I, I stand against every lie of the enemy that would say that. And I bless you by saying, you are a fruitful branch. 30, 60, even a hundredfold what was sown. I ask Holy Spirit that you would come and even now cause seeds of faith to spring to life. I ask you for those that maybe are just a bit concerned. They're even wondering, I don't know if I'm saved. Let me invite you, come and talk to Alid at the end. Don't, don't walk out of here. If you're not certain, come and talk with Alid. He would love to talk to you about these things. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name.